Welcome to the Pickle of Baloney File. Uh, this is Aaron Donnelly, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Donnelly. Hello. And Nate is actually out this week. He's, he's trying to run his business, which I'm not sure about Nate's priorities, but apparently he has other things to do, but no, it's, it's fine. He'll be back next week. Uh, but we are, we are I'm so, just so honored to have this an old friend of mine and a guy that's really doing a lot of good things, Toby Walsh. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me, Aaron. <laughs> hey, Matt. Hey, hello. Toby and I have been friends i guess since probably kindergarten you were in mrs waldron's class weren't you back in oh yeah the way back machine yeah we were <laughs> yeah. we've gone through all all phases of education until you laughed me in the higher education variety. i don't know so, uh, well it, did, it took me 11 years to graduate college and i'm not sure if that's <laughs> laughing anyone <laughs> why would it take you 11 years you're like i was thinking to myself you know I wouldn't normally be intimidated, you know, by a former high school friend of mine, but the collective IQ by you and Matt here. Is, <laughs> oh no, 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 I'm way away in the background. <laughs> no, not at all. It, uh, so it took my buddy 12 years. And uh, so at the graduation, I was calling him a loser and I can't believe it took you 12 years. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so what Toby, um, should I call you Toby or, or Tobin or Toby's fine. Toby. You know what? My friends usually call me Toby, so let's go with Tobin, guys. Tobin. (laughs) Tobin? Okay. Toby's just fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Unless you're really mad. Yeah. I was thinking, (laughs) you know, like uh, at Starbucks when they have to give your name, I never, I don't like to say Aaron because it's, it's always a loud, crowded scene and it's not a good name to yell in a loud, crowded area. It has no hard consonants. So Uh, I've been using Jack, but I might switch to Tobin. Tobin sounds strong. Yeah. Um, Evidently, it's a, uh, you know, I didn't know this, but, you know, the Tobin, the name Toby or Tobin is good for two things. Number one, I'm, I, I'm, I know that it's like a seven, late seventies hippie surfer ish thing. Oh, so Tobin. my parents, when they went to Creighton University, must have been really hippie surfers for some reason yeah. in Omaha. <laughs> but it's also secondarily a great dog name. So I can't tell you, it's probably every day that oh, I get, I have yeah. a dog named Toby. Yeah. So that's right. Yeah, that's weird uh, to say, to tell someone I have a dog named Toby. I have a great dog name. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I'm not sure what to, where to go ever with that. It's like, uh, what? Cool. That's an instant, yeah, like there's thanks. no conversation ender. It's like, uh, do you, I feel the same way about, I was at dinner at, at Olive Garden and the waiter looked just like uh, one of the guys from the office. Do you watch the office at all? Yeah. Okay, so, you know, at the very last couple seasons, there's those two new guys that come in and one of them is like <laughs> young Dwight. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. we looked exactly like that. And then I was debating with my brother-in-law whether to tell him that, because do you tell someone they look like someone famous if that person is not attractive? It's, yeah. you know, it's a weird line. Well, you know, I, who do you guys get? You know, I get two people. I, I shouldn't say it often because nobody's trying to recognize me from anyone. But um, I get David Spade. Okay. And I get uh-huh. Seth Meyers. See, I always huh. picked up a very strong uh, Michael J. Fox vibe from you and from Jay. You guys kind of had that yeah, vibe. Jay, yeah. Um, down. Yeah. So, which is a good vibe. Yeah. What about so now that we're, we're we you've acknowledged the 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 clear dome? What about like uh, a Mr. Burns? Ah, oh, but not so big of a nose. I mean, that that probably qualifies into what do you you probably shouldn't tell somebody look like somebody that's not (laughs) that great of a person. So Doby writes, uh, he has a really popular uh, dad fatherhood blog called Good Dad Bad. Sorry, I'm going to butcher this. Goodbaddad.com. 
And there's a ton of awesome uh, content on there about Toby's experiences in being a father and just about all kinds of topics. A lot of them are kind of sports related too, which I found interesting and, you know, speaking engagements and that kind of thing. So maybe Toby, you could give us just a little bit of background as to, you know, what your situation is like and how many kids you have and what your story is. You bet. So my stories usually fall within three categories. Number one, it, it, number one, they're all first person narratives. So I'm talking about stuff that enters my house with my kids. So right. with five kids, there's always something mm. that's going on. They're right. good, bad, or indifferent, interesting, funny, um, sad. Uh, so I try to talk pretty open and honest about uh, the things coming into my house every day. Um, number two, I do a lot of talk, as you alluded to, Aaron, uh, um, in regard to sports. So I'm a huge sports nut. My kids are, are sports fans and participants at all sorts of different levels. And what I always tell people is if you wanted to start a parenting blog, just go stand on a soccer field on a Saturday yeah. and mm-hmm. lots of cannon fodder. So yeah. I'm, I'm standing on a field of play almost weekly. So there's lots of material there. Did you take them to – I saw something about – a minor league baseball tour. Oh yeah, yeah. So I did. Um, and then before I get to the tours, let's. So then, lastly, and most importantly, I think the work I really like to do, Aaron, Matt, um, my oldest son's adopted, so I do a lot of adoption writing. So um, to the extent uh, anybody has any adoption type interest, there's a lot of good material out there from the point of view of somebody that's not, you know, like a hardcore. Like I have 12 kids that I've adopted, and right. you know. This world this is how adoption works this is what you look forward to and this is what the struggles are mm-hmm. um yeah you want so, to talk about minor league baseball I, I love that topic you want yeah. to talk about that yeah okay man so the minor league baseball headquarters is here in st pete yeah and right. so ironically the guy who runs the communication department there is an old iocd high guy hmm. and yeah. i ran into him could be because i had an iowa hawkeye shirt on i can't even remember where and we struck up a conversation. I told him I was a blogger who loved to write about kids and sports. Long story short, we put together this 13-stop um, tour that basically took me from the Tampa area where I live to back home to Cedar Rapids, then Des Moines. And then I turned back around and came back through. And along the way, we documented our times not only with the minor league clubs, but in the communities. So it was it was really, wow, really cool. that's fantastic. Wow. wow. Did you get to bring you know, you kids can- with yeah, so everybody came. So, I'll, wow. so at that time, so it's two years ago. My, I had a one-year-old and a eleven-year-old. Now, listen. So, <laughs> for you, me, and Matt, the, the, the reaction is that's awesome. But what do you think your wives would say? Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, it's awesome for me, but uh, yeah. yeah. So she yeah. made it to. Amy was a trooper. She made it to probably three quarters of the games, but. Uh, let's just say we never saw the seventh inning stretch if everybody uh, I'm going to predict for you right now what the most valuable lesson where the most valuable lesson was learned on your tour and I believe it was probably a lot of minor league baseball stadiums have urinal troughs oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's a great life lesson for your son you and it's a community field go, go in very, the trough at Wrigley Field if you've yeah. been there it's oh yeah manly, protocol. yeah exactly <laughs> Well, it's a manly activity that you're there and you're getting the job done together <laughs> and you move on with your life. It's a very masculine yeah. thing. It's teamwork. It's, yeah, the Wrigley ones are just, oh my gosh. And if yeah, you happen to brave the, the one, the Wrigley seventh inning stretch ones, I mean, that's just like, that's like gladiator oh, worthy. 
Yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> Last time I was in Wrigley Field, there was a guy, and it was a. I think I went to a game on Easter, so it was cold, and it was rainy, and it was packed in there. It was like you know, it was obviously the seventh inning stretch, and some guy was just screaming from the door in like a thick Midwestern, like Chicago accent about uh, if you shake it more than once, you're playing with yourself, and it was oh, like, man. Yeah. I don't like. Uh, crowd small talk like guys that try and do there's a guy behind me on the plane yesterday and he was one of these big guys and he was small talking to everybody around him and i never small talk on planes but i took a risk i leaned over to the guy next to me because i could tell he was frustrated too and i go i feel like his small talk is invading my personal space (laughs) it's like an aggressive it's not right i want to hand him a card i want to hand people cards that say things like that on it or or another thing was uh when you go through security, I I try my best to like not. I want to be everything smooth. I have everything out and ready. I'm dialed. I'm not a newbie. Like I've flown <laughs> yeah, a lot, right, you know. but I don't. And I want. Sometimes you get the TSA guy that's like, okay, do you have lotions now? Do you have this? And I'm like, no, 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 because I want him to know that I know what I'm doing. I like to hand him a card that says I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. It's like the old Seinfeld no soup for you thing where it's like, no, you have to <laughs> yeah. your game when you get up there. I mean, I, I was in line at somewhere that had a really long line. Maybe it was Chipotle. And, you know, Chipotle is one of those things. There's not – the menu's not that complicated, right? And no. typically, you've been in a Chipotle before, so it's endlessly frustrating to navigate a 20-minute line as I'm holding my three-year-old. And you're like, dude, if you don't get the burrito ordered soon, I'm going to order for you. Like. I don't understand it. My subway order is so efficient. It's a thing of beauty, my subway order, when I go through the driveway, drive through. Yeah, you're, the sandwich artist is holding you up, right? Toby, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, we, so one, you, your first child was adopted, and how old were you when you guys adopted him? So we adopted Yosef. Um, he's now 13. I was just going to be 30, so... One of the, my go-to, you know, small talk lines is when I was 29 and a half, I had zero kids. And by the time I turned 30, I had two. That's so, a good small talk line. Yeah. Uh, there's not, yeah. there isn't much after that, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so at 30, we, 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 so my oldest who was adopted, he came to our family in, let's say April, um, of that year. And then Lyndon, who's my next youngest, who is now 11 came um about six short months later so uh Uh, we were like an instant normal american family with two two little boys so it was a quite a six month ordeal yeah the first so the the age ranges are now 13 11 and 9 which sounds like it's really good planning it's really just coincidental and then the last two are are five and three Wow. So, so you are knee deep in frozen toys and paraphernalia. Yeah, I'm knee deep in toys that they don't use, right? So uh, right. you know what I'm really knee deep in is wanting to watch YouTube all the time. So Good Morning America, one of their stories a couple weeks ago is, uh, hey, there's this YouTube video about Baby Shark and it's going to set some record. And man, they should have just called me a week before that because I'm pretty sure my daughter was like one quarter of those views. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My blog's called The Good Bad Dad. Maybe Baby Shark watching on YouTube is a good example because what you think is really cute for about 10 times at about the 11th, you're, you know, you're like, oh, okay, honey, let's change it. And by the 20th, you're ready to rip your hair out. Right. Their, their tolerance for rewatching and still getting entertainment out of something rewatched 
is that fades over time and it was age somehow. Yeah. yeah and, uh, this YouTube is like really unending spigot of just garbage and crap. I mean, my daughter, mm-hmm. you know, my last podcast I did with her was about slime. She could sit and watch slime videos forever. Lennon was in a phase of slime. I loved that we had to find borax because oh, that the borax people must be just thrilled about slime. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine like, it's like a night they live, they still work in a lot of in like a 1920s office building. And they're like, you're not going to believe it. We're saying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure is, that, is borax his own thing. Is that borax? There's nothing like it. I don't know. I don't know what it does. It's I, yeah. I'm not exactly sure the, what it's supposed to do. I mean, it's sort of like an Epsom salt. Like it, it must be some sort of natural. It's like a cleaner. Like, <laughs> oh, that's right. A, yeah, if you if your dog has fleas or something, you could spread borax around, and it takes care of. It's fleas. like one of those. Uh, like our grandparents probably bought a lot of tonic or salve or salve, uh, yeah. hair <laughs> pomade. So it's like in that, you know, like you know, a product that's like that is uh, Barbasol shaving cream. Oh, like, yeah. The only the time staple. Barbershaw ever gets ordered is like an old man yelling through the door at his old wife that they're out of Barbershaw. <laughs> yeah. Like or, with the wife beater. And <laughs> oh, come on. You're uh, Barbershaw. <laughs> or you're at Walmart and you're like, oh, it's so much cheaper and I'm broke today. Do I go ahead and just bear it? I know. Do I invite the bullet? And you smell it for four days and you think, oh, man, it's 99 cents. It's not worth it. <laughs> I think we, the bigger point was that the materials they use for the slime that like people like my daughter's age that are really into is like all this old school yeah. stuff that wouldn't have sold anything. Actually read, yeah. As I read, uh, as I read up for about, you know, my show prep that lasts about three minutes before the show goes on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Elmer's glue people have seen a resurgence. Like it's like their sales are up 40% and they attributed all to this slime phenomenon. Really? So your point's well taken. I imagine there's a borax factory somewhere and there's all these cobwebs and there's this old grizzly guy who thought he's retired for the last 10 years. And they're like, Merle, <laughs> Merle, fire up the borax machine. <laughs> the borax machine. <laughs> the borax and like four machine. hamsters, four hamsters start limping around a wheel <laughs> it's back to life. Yeah. you're like what about tonic you're like, not yet uh, not ready not yet. yet tonic's not ready <laughs> so do you guys regulate screen time is that is that a big talk yeah. is the word screen time used a lot day. in your household well, day. you know what it's so i've struggled with this and actually it was on a uh a parent technology podcast one time and the guy had asked me about screen time. And for me, you know, maybe the first thing we all, all of us parents need to do better is not give phones as like a Christmas present. So try to treat phones more of like a utility. So you have a phone to do this rather than here's a phone, here's the world at your fingertips. And so that's what I fight all the time. I don't know if you guys do with your kids, but you know, it's not good enough just to have the phone. They look at it as like a gaming console and so I, I, I will text my oldest, who's the only one with the phone, and say, hey, when are you going to be home? And he doesn't text back or call. He doesn't understand that that's actually a communication device. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, they don't like to talk on the phone. They don't like to talk on the phone. But, but moreover, they don't like to use it for its intended function, right? So they, they, right. they want it as a Nintendo Switch and not, hey, I'll just give mom a heads up. And, and they also don't understand, at least mine don't, Aaron, you have an older daughter, but 
mine don't understand, you know, that, that having a phone is really a double-edged sword for them that I can actually see what they're doing all the time. I don't right. think they've talked about that yet either. Yeah. I wonder how, how young are kids getting iPhones these days? So my oh, experience is probably fifth grade is the, is the, uh, the early oh. adopters. So my, I have a fifth grader who's begging me constantly for a phone. And that was at the top of his Christmas list. Um, my rule or our rule so far, our sixth grade, or pardon me, our seventh grader, our oldest has a phone and it was su- simply meant, meant to be used as he rode to and from school. He rides his bike alone. Um, yeah. so again, I'm trying to drill in the utility feature, but you know, that utility feature wears off pretty quick and, and it's amazing how savvy these kids are. They know how to do all this stuff that you wouldn't even dream of and how to hide it, which is even scarier. One of the things too I really liked about your site was okay, so it's called Good Bad Dad, and because you talk a lot about even regrets that dads have, I always hear about mommy guilt, but um, there's a lot of dad guilt. Like that's a big, it's been a big element of my life because I, I went through a divorce, and so my kids are from divorce. And um, but I was reading through your about me on Good Bad Dad, and you're kind of addressing those regrets that men have too, which I found interesting. Yeah, so really it's this hypocr- this notion of hypocrisy in parents because, you know, like the same, you know, let's take soccer field, for example. I'm on a soccer field a lot. And one of the first things that's done when we meet as a new team is there's a mom inevitably that comes up to me as the coach and says, hey, do you have a snack sheet to sign up for? Right. And well, the first thing I do is I, I like viscerally hate snack because it's just another thing to do. Kids right. don't need snack after running around for 30 minutes. And it's just like another bureaucracy thing that ends up managing. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I, it's one of these things where I look at the lady and I say, hey, I actually don't believe in snack on this team. And outwardly, everybody's like, yeah, I agree with you. Nobody deserves a snack. And then two seconds later, they're passing around a sheet signing up yeah. for them. I think every, all these all parents really outwardly are just trying so hard to provide everything they can for their kids. Um, so scared that they're going to miss some opportunity that a lot of what we end up with is this, this feeling of guilt and regret just by virtue of only doing what, whatever we can um, day in and day out for our kids. So it's actually this really weird feeling is that the more that we do, the more regret we feel as parents. So you see a lot of mommy blogs. There's a lot more volume of mommy blogs because women are a lot better at talking about this kind of stuff. Men team, Men seem to really internalize everything. So I think it's important to have really honest voices out there that, that aren't afraid to say when they've screwed up or when they've done a good job, I guess. But typically I'm more talking about the stuff I missed than the things I got to. And I think that's important for people. Yeah. it's There's a lot of, <clears throat> because our society also, um, just getting back to the divorce thing, like when I, a lot of dads don't get the full time. Like the, a lot of kids still just live with their mom and, do you um, regret not going for full custody? I do. Yeah, it's. Uh, I have a lot of regrets because of the divorce. You know, I really do, and um, I think that you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of good things that I've done. But like my kids, I took, I was able to take them back to Iowa this summer, and it was like the best trip of my life. I, I never cry like ever. Like it's, it's years go by, and but I had them on the airplane and with my wife Jenny and I had to like I just started crying because I was so happy that they were going to come back and they'd never been back to Iowa they're going to meet uh you know see where I grew up and I felt like I was being a good dad 
And and even then I felt the need to hide that crying from them. Like I turned my head mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, but that, that, um, that's a well, big I mean, deal. Yeah. I mean, I can hear the emotion in your voice too. I think that's really neat. Um, I think, you know, that's one of the things about being a parent that that's amazing and tough at the same time. And I, I feel for you, Aaron, um, you know, I've never been divorced, but I know lots of guys that read my stuff have been, and I've heard from them. And I mean, that's a regret. I don't think that you ever get over at the same time, you know, to try to, to try to stack up all those experiences that brought you to such emotion is, is probably a pretty damn successful parenting endeavor, you know, yeah. and provided that kind of an experience, you know, I mean, and truthfully, I, at least my experience is when I moved like that with my kids, like I remember, so on the minor league trip, we went to Cedar Rapids and, um, and all my family was out throwing out the first pitch with me at Veteran Stadium. Oh, wow. Which was kind of cool. And it was on Father's Day. That was the whole spiff of the trip is that I was going to oh, go nice. reenact this moment that I remember with my father watching Jeff Branson as a kid, right? Yeah. So I had my my kids behind me and wife and, and they asked me to throw out the first pitch. I faked the pitch and gave it to my son at the time who was five. He runs about four, you know, four paces up and just hurls it like, you know, <laughs> a four-year-old could. And he actually threw a strike. It was in that moment, it was like probably one of the most, like, I I so vividly remember that. Um, Anytime I think about that trip and I think about the fact that we were stuffing ourselves in the hotel rooms and and driving seven hours per day for three weeks (laughs) and all the, all all the farts from the kids in the car and the complaining, are we there yet? You know, that is probably um, more profound than any. And the funny part was, Everett, who is the kid who threw the ball, you know, I wanted this big like chariots of fire moment where I'm like running towards him and I'm going to give him this big hug and say, how proud I am of you, buddy. And he looks yeah. at me, are we done? Kids give it and take it pretty quickly. Yeah. I've got a similar really triumphant parenting story when uh, my daughter used to love when she was about three. There in the mall, there was this little like you know they have those rides that you put a quarter into and you sit on. And there was one that it was a pink little ice cream truck. And Lennon always called it the pink bus when she was three. So she'd <laughs> always want to ride the pink bus, you know. And the way she, and so she'd save up all her change. And she had this little little tiny cart that she would ride around the house in. And you'd lift a seat and you could put change in there. She hit all her change in there. And so there was one day where we were completely broke. And uh, I wanted to get a, a Diet Pepsi at the 7-Eleven, and we, we were scrounging for change. <laughs> so <laughs> in a moment of desperation, I like uh, – I'm not proud, but I went – Not to a proud bar. moment. <laughs> anyway, I was standing yeah. there with the lid open of her seat, and she like runs in like <laughs> to the doorway and like slides almost past the doorway. And with her quivering <laughs> lip goes – but that's for the pink bus. <laughs> <laughs> I was standing there holding her change. It was a proud moment. So, oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. I think of that yeah. moment probably once a month. I say it to myself when I'm driving around, but that's for the pink bus. <laughs> so Matt, you, um, we haven't talked. So you, uh, Noah is, Four. Noah is five. Five. Yep, five. Oh, yeah. Good uncle. Yeah. So yeah, Noah's right. <laughs> <laughs> but she's so smart, talkative, 
and she's adjusting well um, yeah. to growing up so far. But you didn't so have Matt, what, really do you guys, does she carry like there's certain traits I see in my kids that I'm like, Oh no, he's like me that way. Is there uh, anything she has that you're like, Oh, well, I'm a little worried about her being uh, like anxious, too anxious about things. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I did have that. I remember uh, in uh, eighth grade, if you guys remember Mrs. Wagner, yes. Wagner? she oh, told yeah, me, yeah. she once said to me, you're a kid. You should be having fun is what she oh, said to me one day. That's brutal. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, I was too anxious and worried about things. So I, I see her being worried too. She says, I'm sorry a lot. I don't know if you oh, if yeah, yeah. or your kids, you know, said, I, I'm sorry a lot, but that's kind of where she's at right yeah. now. A little bit. Is she really obedient? Like, is she the person that gets the gold sticker every day at, at, at PK? <laughs> yeah, VPK. Yeah. yeah, she's really figured it out. So she's working the system. She, she knows. Yeah, she's. She had to actually. This is a second year of VPK, not because um, she couldn't pass VPK, <laughs> but because uh, her birthday was September. It's September twenty first, so it was too late to uh, get into kindergarten. Yeah, uh, they wouldn't let, let us get into kindergarten this year. So. Geez, like based that. on your brain power, she's going to be like the ultimate curve setter. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. That's what awesome to say. What do you guys think yeah. about holding kids back? What uh, you know for the? Because Toby, do you have an early birthday? So yeah, I have a September birthday. Yeah, yeah. So I was always I was always older and, and far shorter and fatter than anybody else in the club. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's actually a school of thought in parenting now, at least uh, that if you're going to hold anybody back, you hold boys back. Oh. Um, and there's a, uh, like, there's a crazy school of thought that there, I don't know if you guys, Gladwell that writes tipping yeah. point, in those books, Yeah, right. you know, he did that exhaustive study about how birthdays fall in sports and blah, blah, right. blah. So Hockey. there is some craziness to that that happens as well. Right. Yeah. It was, yeah, uh, somebody, uh, Matt, in your grade, I remember always hearing there was a guy that did it. Uh, but Travis a, Pike. Remember Travis Pike? Yeah, yeah, he did it. Yeah, yeah. so he could, was. and he won the state wrestling title. Yeah, because of yeah. that. Yeah, and but I'm I don't know if you know having a daughter, I really don't want her to go to college at age seventeen. Be out of the house at seventeen into college, it's just a year too young, and so that's part of the reason we didn't push it and get her into mm. kindergarten anyway. Um, mm. We didn't want to push it because we said, hey, let's just let her be a kid, you know, give her that extra year. Do you guys spank? No, no, we do. No, I don't. Gentle parenting. Yeah, yeah, I don't do that. I, uh, I, I, yeah, I, whatever. You ever notice that when people kind of waffle about that they don't feel good about something, you know, yeah. they don't want to disagree. But yeah, I don't agree with that spanking is an alternative. Now, forcefully let, leading somebody into their room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. You can do that. Yeah, different. Hey, right. Pa- but no, I, I I'm not a spanker. But probably because my oldest son is bigger than me. Oh really? <laughs> I kind of. I remember my last spanking. I broke the spoon. I broke the wooden spoon, <laughs> and I was so happy. Like I was like, yes, I've defeated spanking. Did you clench your buttocks really hard? <laughs> I did, man. I, I was. I had firm buttocks at the time, evidently, because it broke that wooden spoon right in half. <laughs> one of my one of my key. I do distinctly remember our house over by Cleveland Park. And my dad screaming at me from the kitchen. Like we had the swinging door in the back, and I scrambled up the stairs. And I was gonna fly by him so I could just go upstairs. And he nailed me. He was a special ed teacher, and I remember he hit me with like an Elmo book. 
And I remember oh, yelling geez. back, why the hell do you have an Elmo book? You teach high school. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Nice comeback. Yeah, yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah. I did have an idea and I, I kind of wrote a joke about it, but for a baby muzzle. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so you put the muzzle over the baby's mouth and it, and it pre- takes all of the crying and it transition it translates it into like a compliment back to you. Like uh, <laughs> you look lovely, something in a British accent. The baby's like fast asleep and you go and just kind of shake it just to hear that <laughs> and then walk away. <laughs> you know what happens? That is that the mother infiltrate the system, and all of a sudden you'd be here. You should buy mommy flowers today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I was uh, I was thinking of another invention. Here's an invention, Toby, that I think everyone could appreciate. Is there has to be a better way to walk around with a car seat? Once you take them out of that, or the stroller oh, yeah. seat, that big lumbering stroller seat. I, I just and I thought, you know, like uh, you know, Tomb Raider, Laura Croft, like she has that. <laughs> That thigh, gun, that thigh gun holster. You could yeah. slide a kid in it, if, especially if you had twins. That would be ideal. You could just put them in your leg. It's like a thigh holster. <laughs> and then you get a workout. You could hand them things like your drink if you didn't want to hold it. Or I don't know. It's just this is a concept. Yeah, you know, like like most good inventions, though, we have to find a solution to a putting it into a bar safely <laughs> or having it sit on the, on the bathroom floor. I heard that uh, teachers aren't allowed to, if a kid's freaking out, they can't grab them and like hold them tight. Restrain and, them. Yeah. You can't restrain them. Yeah. And so even if they run away, like out of the school, like, uh, like my friend said, he saw, a principal jogging beside or right behind a kid that was running away. And he just had to jog by him because he couldn't stop him. He wow. had to like talk him into coming back. There's, uh, you know, my wife and I talk about this all the time. There's, uh, you know, the, the level to which we've em- empowered our children to have the world revolve around them is, is pretty amazing. And we're going to see yeah. some stream. Pat. I, I just wholeheartedly believe there's some downstream repercussions that we're not thinking about. Uh, yeah, I see it all the time. I mean, I just think people have such a visceral reaction to the word restrained, but in like, you see the, the videos, did you guys see the video of the lady who cut the, the young man's hair? Um, right. Of the class, how many crazy crazies out there that I think what happens unfortunately is these districts kind of unilaterally legislate for like the point, point, point one percent of crazy teachers that would do something like that. And the mm. rest of us, that err on the side of common sense in most cases get it, uh, you know, just get to talk about it. But yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And we're in a state where I mean, in Florida where education, educational system is, is very low rated. Yeah. Right. yeah. So what it, about it, a t-shirt cannon that you shoot a <laughs> net out and it traps them in a net of some kind? I don't <laughs> just trying to think outside the box on this one. That's like, right, man. You know, you're like the Gallagher of like, <laughs> <laughs> I have ideas for inventions and like programs all the time. And like last night I wrote one down, I, we were at a truck stop and I looked over and a lot of times at truck stops, you'll see people that are obviously homeless living in a car and cause the car is like full of stuff, you know? And, uh, I thought she's to me, it's, I, I appreciate like uh, people taking care of the food and shelter element, but what about the boredom of homeless people? I would give them handheld little games like like checkers or Othello or 
uh, oh, the game the game where like the wooden ball is draped below the the like chalice yeah yeah course, try to get the ball in the chalice yeah what about the boredom <laughs> of the homeless i would that must be the most incredibly boring lifestyle i would like it to would handle something to i would want to go to i'd want to go work or do something just to get out of the car well maybe that's what so okay so you engage their mind in a little handheld game, and next thing you know, they need to buy batteries for it. Right? Uh, so yeah. I'm tricking them <laughs> into capitalism. Go. Yeah, into capitalism. <laughs> I don't know. You yeah. started your, your innovation talk by I was at this truck stop last night, so my expectations were. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so we got to talk about. We all had Mr. Oliver. I was. You were. We were talking oh, about. Oh my god. Oh man. So. Uh, so I had a. I think I was on the B team, and Toby, you're probably on the A team. You're a good player, but I was on the. I was on the B team, and I was dribbling down court. And do you remember the uniforms in seventh grade? How like. Uh, like they were well, more revealing. Were the, were the seventh grade the ones where we got new ones and we thought we were eighth. hot stuff? That was eighth grade. Uh, Seventh yeah. grade, we still had the hard polyester shorts that were like more revealing than like a tea back <laughs> thong. Listen, at least, okay, so this is so embarrassing. I'm almost blushing t- thinking about telling this story. But Aaron, you were thin, so were you, Matt? So those shorts yeah. weren't that penal- weren't that penal to you? No, 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 no. It's not good. <laughs> I weigh like 82 pounds. In, in the yeah. in, in the Walsh household, the day that you got your basketball uniforms and the little tight shorts was the night where you put mini basketballs draped over our kitchen chairs all night long. <laughs> to stretch them out. <laughs> oh, those are so bad, man. The um, and then oh, the, Mr. Oliver. So I think this is a this is an example of remember that we were running champions one time. And it was like to the point where like guys were like throwing up and, and Mr. Oliver said, okay, you guys can be done if you want, go ahead. No problem. Go into the locker room. If you want, if you want to stay, you can run a couple more. And some people went off into the locker room and I, and I think that like those were kids that were like, came from loving families and uh, <laughs> shelter. Yeah, I could stand did up you, to the bully. I see because I, I, I was from the streets more. I, I knew like there's trouble. Yeah, like, this is not broken trust. home. Yeah, <laughs> you had a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he came in the locker room afterwards and yelled at all the guys that went in and made him run more the next day. Well, oh. you know what's crazy about that story is I was actually a team manager as a sixth grader, and yeah. so he pulled off the year before, and I still wasn't smart enough. <laughs> <laughs> so did you go in, Toby? Uh, yeah, I went in. Do you uh, remember that? Do you remember there was like a little office that if you had a couple cents, you could buy like orange juice? The orange juice, yeah. So Oliver ran the orange juice afterwards. So I kind of with my head down, went to buy my 50 cents in orange juice. He takes my money, like hits my chin, like look at me, kid, and goes, you know what the key word in that was? Champion. A champion wow. would have stayed. Wow. Like, this is That's insane. That's intense. But yeah, I will, you, I will tell you this though: there, if they did a sociological study of the guys that stayed and the guys that went in, I bet there's way more divorces on the guys that stayed on the court. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know why. It's uh, counterintuitive a little bit, but I bet it's real. That they wouldn't, but yeah. yeah, I bet it's real. You think Jay Stephan stayed out there? Did he go to school with us then? He, he was. That was eighth grade. I think we had. I don't remember. I know Jay came as the popular new kid in eighth grade. That was his big year to shine. 
yeah. yeah. I uh, I stayed out there. We had to do the same same thing back in uh, two years earlier. So I stayed out there. I was one of the yeah. guys. Yeah. 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 yeah, we knew it, better. Yeah, there, there was. Yeah. We're just too concerned about going to stri- the stretch time we had on our jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Toby, it's been so great to have you on. And where can people find you? And, you know, I know you do can speaking engagements. And I know that, you know, you're a good writer and all that stuff. So where can yeah, people I mean, find you? No, first of all, guys, it's been, you know, aside from just how great your show is, I, I just love catching up with you guys. It's always yeah. fun. So the best way to, to, to get my stuff is go to goodbaddad.com uh, for my writing. There, uh, The other way is on Facebook. Um, search Good Bad Dad and all my all my content, including my new podcast, is out there with my daughter, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah, so, and, the, and the podcast is called? The Daddy-Daughter Dance. And it's, it's, it's dance. I mean, it's a one-segment, 20-minute um, just chat with my nine-year-old daughter and it's, it's entertaining and some of the, pers- like some things you'll, you'll never expect to hear. So right. yeah, it's, it's been great. I've listened to it too. I listen to it whenever it comes out. So yeah, yep, she's the real star of the show, but no, I really appreciate you guys having me on. And, um, like I said, I, I, you know, I'm always looking for, for new content, new material and to talk about parenting with whoever wants to listen, but okay. you don't, don't call me an expert whatever you do. Don't call me an expert. I'm just a guy like you trying to do the best I can. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's got five kids, about. adopted one. Toby, you're always a good guy growing up. It's I was obvious that you were going to be a good dad. And I'm just mm-hmm. proud to be your friend and to know that it's great to see someone that is living through this and actually being a good dad to five kids and then sharing it with others. And so I would encourage everybody to check him out. And I just really appreciate you coming on, man. 